Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast, where we have faces for radio and voices for blogging. You can find us on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Voices for Blogging. As always, here in Honolulu, I'm Steve Lee, and over in L.A. is my partner, Royce Hamano. Royce, how you doing? It's been a long time. It's been a long time, man. It's been uh, a few weeks, days, About maybe months. seven weeks. <laughs> we're, we're slacking. You know, in that, means, in that time, though, so much has happened uh, in the world and, even in, and also in the crypto world. And as we sit right now, I'm looking at I'm literally looking at the real time quote on Ethereum, and we're at thirty two oh one. And I think the last show we had, we might have been about I want to say about seventeen hundred. That sounds probably about right. I mean, it's, it's had quite a bit of a run. It has, it has. And what's interesting is, you know, last time when we got out to that high of forty three hundred. It just blew past 3,000. Like 3,000, I think, lasted like three days. It was insane. And now to see it trying to base build here, you know, once it got to 3,000, the rise kind of slowed down and it's kind of going a little bit sideways in a good way, incrementally going up every day. Chart looks really good for the last 20 days. You know, and uh, we we were talking before the show about... How in the DeFi market, the leverage market, there's a lot less leverage in the market. Uh, and the prices of Ethereum is going up, which would kind of feel like the people in Ethereum right now that's buying it up are more stable hands. People that are less speculative and probably can handle a little bit of a decline when that happens because it's going to happen. I mean, the, the coin has essentially doubled in the last 20 days. Yeah, I think back in May when we had the big drop from like 4300 down to 1700 there was about $10 billion worth of liquidations in that one or two days, I think, when it dropped, uh, mm-hmm. which is a huge amount. And after that, basically, it seems like or it looks like all the leverage that was in the system at that point got wiped out. You know, if you if you look at it from that perspective... The move that Ethereum and like all these other cryptos are making now is is not based on leverage, but it's based on actual uh, real dollars that are you know coming into the system. Whether it's from people that moved into stable coins, you know before before the crash, or from new money that's coming in. No, I would te- I would definitely tend to agree with you. And the, the move in Ethereum is much stronger percentage wise than either Bitcoin or Litecoin. Uh, when you're looking at a 100% move in the last 20 days, I think somehow that kind of indicates a little bit of the changing, not a full change in the guard, but a little bit more relevance to Ethereum that we've been talking about since we started this podcast. That, you know, right now, it really is kind of holding steady and holding strong there. You know, to your point about the DeFi market, back in May, there was about $98 billion in the DeFi market. And in yeah. July, I just saw the stat for July, that $98 million became $56 billion. There's a lot less money in the DeFi market. Like you said, some guys got wiped out. And you know, and then at the same time, we see that leverage go down and the price goes up. It seems like some strong hands coming in. 
Yeah, definitely. And, I, you know, I think one of the things that's really driving Ethereum right now is the NFT market. You know, there's, oh man, there's so many people that are collecting CryptoPunks, these Ethereum rocks, you know, like, uh, what else is there? Like uh, Axies, uh, any kind of NFT, Squigglies, it's crazy. Like, and these things are going for, you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars for one of these NFTs. It's, it's, it's insane. Well, and you see so many celebrities jumping in on there. I mean, Tom Brady is releasing a series of NFTs. Gronk's got his own NFTs they're putting out there. I mean, name a celebrity and a lot of them are in the market. They're putting it out there. Yeah. And look at NBA Top Shot, man. That thing is doing amazing. It's amazing. And it, it's so funny because it, it coincides with the continual strong market and the collectibles department, you know, in, in sports cards. You know, and it's amazing to see some of these these other ways to invest your money kind of gain a little more traction. I mean, to the point where it's not like I don't trade on Wall Street anymore. I still have. And, I, you know, like today, I'm really happy to see that Disney reported great earnings and are really bullish about people returning to the parks. Um, it gave us a, a lot of... Uh, kind of a see-through on their numbers on how big their park revenue and profit is compared to their streaming. And, you know, there was a lot of talk in the conference call about essentially alluding to how much more their streaming business, the Disney Plus business, needs to grow to even catch up to their park business. And, you know, we'll talk about this more later, but, you know, when we look at the COVID, the COVID situation now, but how much more we know about COVID this year, now, and this time versus last year, you know, Disney was really confident about keeping their parks open because of what we learned about COVID and outdoors and the fact that we're not transmitting it a whole bunch outdoors as long as we're not packed like sardines. Yeah. Um, and indoors really is the problem here, and we got to figure out a way to get past that. I mean, this whole Delta variant is throwing a wrench in everything. Reopenings... Mm-hmm. You know, businesses, restaurants, movie theaters, even even the Disney's, like the outdoor parks and things like that, right? Because it's so much more contagious. Like it's just it's crazy, man. I, I like we're we're trending towards having lockdowns again, basically. Like that's even that's the fact that that's even a discussion is just a testament to how spreadable this this new Delta variant is. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really surprised, quite frankly, if we get down to the lockdown level. I really don't believe. <clears throat> for the most part, gov- uh, governments across the nation, they really don't want to go that route. And part, and again, part of it is because when we look at transmission about what we learned, Delta variant or not Delta variant, the indoors really is the biggest challenge. You know, the CDC came out with studies talking about outdoors and how how much safer we are outdoors versus indoors. And and the fact that indoors, this is a this is a thing that I don't. It's interesting because the, these studies came out. It's in the NIH and everything, talking about social distancing and how, and how worthless it was indoors. Like the six foot thing, there is actually no scientific basis for it. It's it's yeah. fascinating where they didn't they didn't see a difference between six feet, ten feet, and three feet in when you're indoors. Nice. And therefore, so therefore, kind of the you know the moral of the story is indoors is a tr- is a problem. We got to space out as best we can and. This is where the mask mandates all came back for, for a lot of places, especially as the school year is about to begin. And 
it would be interesting, but I, I would, if I had to guess, as an entrepreneur, I always have to project and look forward to see what's happening in that realm, how it's going to affect my businesses. And right now I look at it and I'm not overly concerned that I'm going to get shut down, but I'm going mm-hmm. to be more vigilant, of course, with the mask because it's people got used to saying, hey, I'm, on, I'm vaccinated. I don't need to wear masks anymore. Uh, I think that lasted like one week at our place. Where I said, yeah, you know, hey, remember that one workout we did where everyone took off their mask because we we're vaccinated? That lasted for one workout. Yeah, not, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> one workout. Not, that's all it lasted for. Um, yeah, not anymore. And, man. And, and it's going to take a while for people to get used to that in their head that the the rules have changed, the game has changed. Um, and you know, when you see vaccinated people getting infected but not getting seriously ill for the most part other than people with underlying conditions we still come back to this topic of you know the people that are unvaccinated or more than predominantly the people in the hospital right now and you know hopefully more people get vaccinated for their sake um when we get the kids approved for under 12 that'll change a lot of our vaccination numbers uh because you know for me unless i see something that's really concerning in the studies because I'll read the studies before I have my son get vaccinated, who's five. Um, unless I see something that's just glaring, we're going to get him vaccinated. Yeah. Is he going to school right now? or He will start kindergarten next week, Wednesday. In person? In person. Mass on. Wow. Um, and there's, gonna, there's some... Uh, at his school, there are obviously mitigation policies and making sure kids don't commingle too much indoors. Of course, outdoors, they, they can all play, but indoors, they're going to keep the kids kind of together in pods, in consistent pods for the most part, it sounds like. So it'll be interesting. The school year will be interesting. The rules will change along the way. But my gut feeling is we, we, we won't shut down. Uh, in Hawaii, we went to limiting capacity indoors a little bit this past week. And I don't know how much further it goes from this because at some point, the infection rate is going to continue to go up until November, it seems, especially with the, how contagious the the Delta variant is. Yeah, so you, you think that uh, Ige's policy is just going to be chansom? <laughs> well, not so much chansom. He, he has come out and said... <laughs> that getting people vaccinated is more important than slowing the curve. Um, and there's a part of that that's mm. true, but there's a part of that that's dangerous to think that because the hospitals will get overrun. Uh, right now here we're at about, I think, 250 people that are hospitalized. And elective surgeries are starting to get peeled away again, kind of put on hold again. So there are some patterns from last year that we, we are starting to see again. But I, like I said, I, I still believe, though, we, we won't get a full shutdown. We can't afford it. The federal government won't support. I don't. I, we're not going to get that kind of stimulus we got last year again. Which, to be quite, to be quite frank, it was very helpful for me as an entrepreneur. And yeah. everything the federal government threw out, it was helpful. And I know it didn't save every business, but you know it did put money in people's pockets. Oh, it was definitely helpful. Like it definitely helped the Lakers and. Uh... 
<laughs> it was like the Hiltons Jesus. and like, right? Like <laughs> shameful. Shameful. Man, I, I think like 5K is definitely. I think it's in the cards by, by the end of yeah. the year. I think by the end of the year, 10K is reachable. I do think we get a little bit of a like pullback. But by next spring, it sounds ridiculous to talk about 10K, but it, is it really that ridiculous? So the the one, I mean, one of the things that's going for that is when F goes to proof of stake, the emission is going to go down. And with EIP-1559 now burning Ethereum uh, with the... Um, with the transaction fees, like it's really going to slow the uh, inflation rate of Ethereum to like uh, I want to say somewhere around one percent, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like it's, it's basically like within with fifteen fifty nine and then with proof of stake, you're going through like multiple halvings. Like the emission rate for Ethereum will be less than Bitcoin after proof of stake. So can you translate that for our listeners? What that means? In, in layman's terms, basically the inflation rate of Ethereum will be lower than Bitcoin's inflation rate, which sits at what percentage? I don't know the exact percentage, but I think it's t- I want to say it's twelve and a half Bitcoin per block. But don't quote me on that. It might that might have been right. like the last happening. Okay. Whereas Ethereum per block is right now they only have it's only two, but the blocks are. So yeah, actually, Bitcoin is six six point two five Bitcoin. So it's already halved. So when you talk about burning off Ethereum, what you're essentially saying is some Ethereum is getting taken out of circulation. Yes. And so therefore, there's a little more, there's less supply, and so if we have demand like we're seeing right now, it's accretive to the price of the coin. Yeah. So the the thing with the EIP one five five nine, which is burning the the base fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that is is that you you pay miners a certain amount of Ethereum in, in gas to include your transaction in the block, right? Mm-hmm. And prior to EIP one five five nine, like all of that Ethereum was going to miners, which is the latest fork, right? You're talking about yeah, which is the the London fork, which happened uh, you know basically a week ago, which made so, the processing on the blockchain a little more efficient. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily efficient. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say more efficient, but what happened is that instead of now giving all that Ethereum to include the transactions to the miners, that Ethereum gets burned. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially giving that Ethereum back to the entire protocol, mm-hmm. and it's also getting rid of the downward pressure that you get from miners that are selling the Ethereum that they make. For including mm-hmm. those transactions, mm-hmm. so like one, you have less downward pressure from miners selling, and also you have less Ethereum now being rewarded because you're burning a bunch of Ethereum for the base fees for the transactions. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, when the usage on Ethereum gets high, which we actually had, uh, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, Ethereum actually went deflationary for a couple hours because so much usage on Ethereum, there's so much fees, so many fees getting burned. It actually went deflationary, mm-hmm. which is which is huge. So you're right. You're less you know, less Ethereum selling, less Ethereum right. available, right? Right. And as people buy, the power of that buy 
is greater. It's a it's it's yeah. a more powerful effect on the price. You know, I'm watching yep. some headlines that came out in the last you know ten hours or so that there are U.S. firms petitioning the SEC to create Ethereum ETFs. Wisdom yep. Tree being one of them, and yep. I, I think that's such a big thing. Uh, on top of what we talked about in the past about stable coins becoming a legal, uh, a legal collateral of sorts for for loans, you know when you look at when you look at these investment firms that are U.S. based going after uh, creating ETFs around Ethereum. They're therefore kind of should what should lead to more purchasing of Ethereum to create these ETFs. I mean, the yeah. further legitimization of this cryptocurrency. I mean, I, I this is where I, I kind of get my confidence with the market, you know. And when I watch the charts, and we always talk about looking at the charts and looking at the trends, looking at the volume versus price action, and all that stuff. Um, the volume's going to go up. And if volume goes up as the price goes up, it would seem that the price will continue to go up. Yeah, so that actually brings... Yeah. Go ahead. So, so that actually that actually brings up an interesting thing uh, that happened this week, right? Uh, when uh, they were trying to pass the, I think, $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, right? Correct. One of the they things that was holding that up... Tax crap was, was the crypto... Yep. Was, yeah, was the crypto yep. stuff that they were trying to get in there, right? Yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons why there hasn't been a lot of institutional uh, investment in crypto and, you know, like the, the massive amounts of money coming into it is because of the regulatory uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a big thing, like in in anything, uh, the regular the regu- regulatory uncertainty prevents a lot of things from happening like even you know this past week there was a another crypto company that's doing decentralized finance uh they did a a coin offering and u.s people uh, weren't able to participate because of the regulatory uncertainty what this congress trying to insert this wording for you know crypto stuff into this 1.2 trillion dollar bill signifies is the government viewing crypto as something that I think is here to stay mm-hmm. and something that they need to provide regulatory certainty around, which, yep. you know, some people look at it as would bad I, because it's like... Would you, you and know, I agree that that's something that, that does need to happen at some point in time for this market to exactly. continue to grow? It needs to exactly, happen. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But what they tried to put in seemed really, almost seemed, it seemed kind of punitive. And so I was happy that there was a seemingly a healthy debate that allowed them to table it for now. Um, yeah. But this is what happens, yeah. right? This is what happens when you pass bills. They try to sneak things in and whatever, and those type of things, so politics. Yeah. You know. All right. So that's, that's probably enough crypto talk for this episode. Let's move on to something more exciting that started last week, football season. Yeah. How excited are you for that? I'm very excited. I want to be in Vegas for the opener, but uh, it's not to be. But I definitely I have a fantasy draft. Did you see those ticket prices for Raiders games? Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. I was shocked. 
Raiders home games are <laughs> very impressive, I must say. Very I impressive. $500 for 400 levels tickets. That's, that's insane. That's insane, dude. That's insane. I, I'm I'm in shock. <laughs> I'm still in shock. I don't. I don't. I mean, well, I'm just. I'm just happy we're gonna we're gonna see each other in Vegas. We're gonna you know for one of the weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll get to go sit there and uh, just bet on games all day, and uh, you know, come back to California and uh, watch Monday Night Football. Yep. Are you sure you don't want to go to a Raiders game, dude? Uh, they will be there that weekend, remember? They'll be in SoFi. Oh, that's right. We changed the dates of our trip so we can match up with the Chargers-Raiders Monday night game at SoFi. Ah, Chargers-Raiders. A lot easier to pay for tickets at the SoFi. Oh, especially uh, for the Chargers. The especially for the Chargers. Yep. But I mean, yeah, I definitely want to go to the... Mm-hmm. I want to go to Legion Stadium some point but oh absolutely absolutely i mean i was excited to go just to go watch a college game just to go watch unlv play san yeah. jose state you know and that original that original trip we had planned in the middle of october but we kind of bumped it up just in case you know who knows what happens with covid so i kind of think it was a good idea to kind of bump the bump the trip up a little bit yeah, who knows, man? But who knows, right? I mean, we can make our best guess, but really, it, it comes down to who knows. And I don't know. You look at the storylines for football this year; it's exciting. You, know, you have an extra game this year. You know, seventeen games, and how that changes the over/under betting on total wins for the season and the psyche about that. Uh, I would guess minimum win total getting into playoffs is probably going to be ten. That ten and seven is what gets you into playoffs. Nine and eight probably doesn't get you there. I was surprised that the NFLPA added like went along with adding the extra game. Although I guess money talks, buddy. Money talks. Yeah, I mean, money talks. I get it. How little anyone's talking about safety now? Because money talks. Because remember, going into this year, salary cap was lowered because of the revenue from last year. Yeah. So. One easy way to goose the revenue, add a game. Add an extra game, yep. Add an extra game. Add an extra game. Next thing and you know, they're the going to be playing. So salary cap can go up next year. Next thing you know, they're going to be playing 20 games. <laughs> that, would seem, <laughs> that seems like a lot, right? That seems crazy. That seems like a lot. Right. That's a lot. But Especially com- for football. I mean, compelling season, but you know, when you look at long shots, like. You look at all the favorites or all the all the teams that could be the favorites. I mean, is there any room for any long shots this year in the NFL? You know, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. With adding that extra game, I think makes it less likely. Um, but then again, it's football. There's injuries. You know, mm-hmm. like things happen. Like teams catch fire. Like it's it's because the season is so little games. Like anything can happen. It's true. And anything does happen. And that's why Chicago is going to win the oh, NFC Central. Oh, God. Oh God. Doesn't, matter what, oh, God. doesn't matter what quarterback it is. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what, though? It's your podcast. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Look, it's your podcast. <laughs> you the Red Rocket. Like... You go after it. Like, that's cool, man. I, I like the loyalty. I mean... I heard Andy Dalton is looking to come back, like, big time. Like, you know, hey, whatever. 
Yeah, the we're red rifle, judge. man. You know, it just is what it is. <laughs> the Bears and their three quarterbacks but, uh, stable, you know? What, they're going to yeah. trade one of them. One of them's not Hey, they're, they're three, three good quarterbacks, dude. Well, Andy good. Dalton, Nick Foles, and good. Well, I mean, I mean, it's the Bears. You know, like we don't have a good, good history of quarterback. You know, analysis. I guess. I'm telling you though, the most co- most talented quarterback that the Bears have ever had, dude, is Jay Cutler, and that's that's saying a lot or a little. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know which one it is. There's no denying the guy had talent, but the, he's not a leader, man. Like he's just. He wasn't gonna lead you to victory. There's just, ah, there's just some personality stuff that I think precludes him from being that guy. He is trying but, to get a lot of money in his I divorce. Know, I have to say that. Like, well, you know, you get after it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you do what you got to do. You know, a lot of money from. I mean, hey, people watch the show to see Jay Cutler. Just to just watch him be. Uh, Bumping a log, you know. Have you, have you watched it? I saw a couple episodes, and he's just as moody and as we probably thought he was when he was playing. I have never. I have no idea because I've never watched an episode. I mean, it's a it's it's a horrible watch. I think I lasted about twenty five minutes, which is exceedingly long. I think, but eh, I don't know. <laughs> I want to know, dude. I want to know. Yeah, it it wasn't good. All all her all her workers hated him. He would show up at the office and just start trying to tell everybody what to do, and then leave. I don't know. It was just weird. But um, what do you think about what's going on in college so you think, football? You think, yeah. What do you think what's going on in college football? And let's move on to those guys and and the name, image, and likeness stuff and. The dollar signs you're right. starting to see, so that's, that's, you know, getting moved around yeah. in, that, in college football. I'm actually glad that they, you know, that they ruled for that. Because um, I think that, I mean, the NCAA makes so much money off these guys. Yep. There's no reason that they shouldn't be allowed to make money off their likeness. Yep. Uh, the, the biggest thing about that, that whole decision, though, I think, goes back, and the the big impact in L.A. about that decision is the whole Reggie Bush saga. Yep. And I, I feel I feel bad for that guy. Like you know, he's getting he got crucified for basically the thing that is legal now. You know, things change, right? It's like it's it's legal now. It's like, it's like it's like all the marijuana convictions right now that. You know, marijuana is legal in, in certain states, obviously. But it's not federally legal. Not on the federal level, but in certain right. states. Right. 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 Um, but now it kind of, like, it lends legitimacy to, I think, all the things that, you know, he did. And uh, the NCAA, he, he was petitioning the NCAA to reinstate his records and all those kinds of things. And his Heisman, but they didn't. You know, that's that's... Well, it's a tough situation. The NCAA is getting dried dry kicking and screaming into this, of course, because it affects their bottom line. And so, they, you know, as far as going back and 
repealing stuff that's been decided in the past. I, I definitely think they're not going to go do that. They're not going to rewrite the history books. Uh, what's been decided has been decided. And I think the Reggie Bush situation is an example of that. But, you know, it, it's fascinating because you I don't know if you saw the headline from BYU today that a bar company, like a protein bar company, I believe, um, pretty much covered the tab for every single walk-on football player at BYU. So essentially, everybody at BYU is under scholarship. And... Wow, I did not it's see crazy. that. It's crazy. So it's amazing because what, when I say amazing, it's just I'm fascinated by the whole thing because what they're going to do is give every walk-on athlete a lump sum of money that equals tuition. Now, if the athletes don't want to use it to pay for their tuition, that's up to them. But essentially, they're doing yeah. that so that they can pretty much market and help market <sighs> that protein bar. Wow, that's... And then every scholarship athlete, even because they already under scholarship, they're going to get a thousand dollars ahead, also for this. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Actually, player player empowerment's happening in almost in every sport. And I mean, from a coaching point of view, I'm really curious to see what happens in the locker room. Kids got money now, but let's be honest. There's always been locker rooms with kids with money. Ask Cam Newton. Yeah, but it's it's not. It's it's been there. I mean, it, I guess it depends. I've heard stories. But yeah, no, no. I mean, Look, it's, it's been there. I've it's heard not. stories from people who have played at big time college football, and I won't name them. Yeah, no, don't name them. And it's been said to them, "Yeah, you can go to that other school and get two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, or you can come here and win championships." Well, you do you do what you gotta you do what you gotta do. I mean, it's been around forever. Everyone knows. Everyone's, everyone knows it's been going on. And, you know, and then we don't have to deal with this NCAA crazy sanctions that are always uneven. And look at the Baylor thing, right? Like, the, the way the sanctions came down at Baylor, like, it almost seems like a slap in the wrist after all that allegedly happened at Baylor for the, with that football program. Yeah. So, eh, I don't know. It's interesting. I just want to see how the players react. I want to see how the quarterback at Alabama see what he's like now that he has nearly a million dollars from Cash App for pretty much just being the starting quarterback for Alabama. Hey, you know what? Good for him. I think so, one hundred percent. But you know, but what it allows the kids that play the other sports, it allows them the opportunity to get support and get some help. Yeah. You know, if a golfer needs some, if the golfer needs some. Some extra money to pay for some practice rounds. They can strike a deal with somebody. And say, I'll give you some money for for that if you help represent one of my products. Yeah, you know what? If the NBA really wanted the athletes to stay in school, like they say they do, right? This is the perfect mm-hmm. thing. But they don't. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah. Look at Jalen. Look at Jalen Green. Like, kid looks good. Yeah. G Lee did last year. Went into the draft, second pick. Kid can score. Kid fills it up. Yeah. But no, I mean, the sports landscape is, is interesting. Things have definitely changed. Uh, I, I'm excited to go to my first football game at the Rose Bowl with you uh, when we when we come up. 
Hell yeah, dude. You're going to have to shed some light on the logistics of getting to Pasadena on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, it's going to be ugly, man. But, uh... Yeah. We're completely following your lead. Whatever needs to happen, happens, and we just do it. No, we're going to have to leave, like, um, an hour before we want to get there, for sure. Yeah. We'll get we'll go get our car in the morning, and then just go from Maybe there. Maybe even more, yeah. So, excited though! Excited for that trip. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, you know, maybe we'll do a little podcast with all five of us. Just bring new guests on. That will be interesting. Yep. We definitely do that. Bring your microphone. No, just use yours. (laughs) We're in the same place. We'll just share one. Oh yeah, we just use mine. Yeah. 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 I'll make it multi-directional. Yeah, we'll just sit there in a circle and uh, talk into the mic. It's all right. So, how's everything else going, Royce? I mean, we, we talked a little bit about sports, and we talked a little bit about crypto market. How's everything going your end in California? It's going good. I've been doing a lot of golfing, which is great. Uh, my golf game is still terrible. Still need uh, new clubs. One day I, w- I will get them. <laughs> but other than that, dude, it's great. <laughs> dude, let me fit you, man. When I come see you, in, when I see you in October, let, let's fit you for some clubs. Yeah, definitely, dude. Or or let's fit you beforehand, and I'll bring you a demo. I, actually, yeah, I'll be I'll be in Hawaii in August. When? When? Uh, August twenty sixth through September sixth. Shut the front door. So we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna record live in a location in in back here. We could definitely do that, dude. Like when were you gonna hey, come coming back, man? I feel a little slighted that you never I, told me this. I that thought you're coming home. I thought I, I thought I, I thought I did, but well, like we're planning a trip to come see you, and then you can't even tell me that you're gonna come see me. I like, swear, I, whatever, I swear, I told, you I swear, you, I told you. That's dude. all right. It's cool. I swear, I told. It's cool. I swear, it's I told cool, you, dude. Man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> ah, whatever, man. That's cool. No, I mean we definitely have the podcast, and also I want some of that food I see on Instagram, dude. Dude. Those U6 so prawns good, that I kind of cooked yesterday, dude. Mm. <laughs> With that lemongrass sauce. Mm, delicious. Not going to lie. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm actually not a big shellfish fan, but uh, mm-hmm. everything else, dude. Dude, we can eat anything, man. We can cut up some fish and stuff while you're here. You just kind of here to kind of hang out? So, yeah, pretty much. Um, I haven't been home in probably two years, I think, now. Look, I'm the only one in my fantasy league now that's... Like, not in Hawaii anymore, so I'm coming home for that, and then... Well, you drafting? You drafting when you're home? Yeah, I'm drafting when I'm home. Drafting when I'm home, and chilling out. Top five targets in your fantasy draft this year? Oh, I haven't even looked, man. I haven't even looked. Man, what is wrong? I think my my draft pick, though, is, like, near the bottom. Like, I'm one of the last picks in the league. So then that becomes the question of do you want the number 8 or 10 running back or the number 3 wide receiver, basically? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I'll probably go running back. No, fuck it. Just go go place kicker. That's the third round. Freaking (laughs) just Janikowski that bad boy and go freaking place kicker in the first round. Yeah, I'm not the Raiders, man. (laughs) Not the Raiders. (laughs) He did play 20 years. No, he's he's not... He's not that. I mean, he wasn't a bad kicker by any stretch. No. Just, he, <laughs> this is probably not a number one draft pick. He played in he the did. Super Bowl. He did. Yeah, he did. 
So and he was anyway. He was a good kicker for a long time. He was, and you know he. Okay, would you would you take Jason Elam in the first round? Like in a in a no. real draft? You're talking in real life? In a real in a real draft, yeah, in real life. Well, okay, so let let's put a little perspective in this one. Sebastian Janikowski was drafted in the first round with the Raiders. I believe the Raiders pick was like the number twenty eighth pick in the first round. Uh, which means the Raiders were a pretty I decent thought it was, team at I, I that time. I thought it was higher. Uh, was it? I believe it was the high twenties. You can check while I'm talking, and and yeah, uh, I'll take I'll, it back if, if I'm wrong. But which means the Raiders were a pretty good team. And you know, in the right situation, having were. a place kicker, you know, having a place kicker that's going to give you distance and give you consistency. Hey, that could be three W's that year. So. We're biased because we know who we know how good Jason Elam was here at UH, and now we know because of history how good he was at the NFL. <laughs> yeah, Keeping you know the what right he was. What is that? Seventeen. Mid round. I thought he went in the middle of the first round. He like it was mid round, around the middle. Mm. Yeah, mid round. That's mid round first. Round I don't think pick. any. High, I don't think anyone <laughs> would argue that that it's not high because it just hasn't happened. Besides Janikowski, I believe. He's the only one, right? No, it has. Yeah, he's the only one. He's the only one. Was the was the two thousand was the two thousand draft the same one with uh, Vic and um, Tomlinson? Two thousand? No, no, that's, I think that was two thousand one, huh? Yeah, I think Tomlinson was two thousand one with Drew Brees and Tomlinson Courtney, and yeah, and Courtney Vic. Brown was the first selection. Courtney Brown that played for the Browns. Played for the Browns. Yep. Penn State, correct? Yes. Damn, and LeVar Arrington, too. LeVar Arrington was second. Who was the... Okay, I'm going to ask you something. Who was the 199th pick of that draft? Tom Brady. Very good. Very Tom good. Tom Brady. 199. Man, I I had that guy on my fantasy team his, his, his first year. Like, he used to frustrate me in his first year because... I remember there was one game where he went into the fourth quarter with like four touchdowns and one interception or something like that. And he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter. You talking about Brady? Yes. Yeah, I, I think people forget how, at times, how inconsistent he was in his early years. He was really inconsistent. That Well, I mean, he was a rookie. Essentially. He played as a rookie because uh, it was Mo Lewis, right? That took out Drawing a blank. What's his name? Um, the Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, when he bruised yeah, the, his lung. I was going to say the Wazoo guy, yeah. He tore his he aorta. his lung. No, he, crazy, I thought he man. tore his aorta. Didn't he have it a separated crazy. aorta? It was bad. He, was really, he, like, he almost could have... There was he, damage he to... Almost... There, was, there was damage to the aorta. Yes, there was. It was crazy, man. But it was the beginning of something great. That's the one thing. You know, you look at it now, you look at the stacked team that the, the Buccaneers have. It would seem like they have the best chance than any team in recent history to repeat because they returned almost everybody. But as we saw with the Eagles, let's see if they know how to be champions. Let's see if they know how to have that bullseye on their back. We don't know. We don't know. And part, part of it is luck. Like, they have to stay injury-free. Yeah, again. And then that yep. never, you know, that never happens in football. Like, yep. But the depth is, hard. In, is impressive. The amount of depth it's they hard, have in yeah. that team is impressive. That wide receiving core. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. 
That wide that's receiving ridiculous. core with the tight ends, like that's crazy what they got. And you know what? I've always been a Ronald Jones guy ever since he's been at USC. I just liked him as a running back. Yeah. It just works for that team. Yeah. No, they, they, they had a good team, man. Their defense was good and, you know. The defense was definitely flying around. I mean, that defense was playing so fast in that Super Bowl. I mean, they were just so well coached and prepared for that game. It was impressive. It's almost like they had a shot of the other team's practice. <laughs> what do you mean? Like you're talking about the Raider, like the Raiders and Buccaneers, the last time the Buccaneers won Super Bowl? <laughs> no, I'm talking about like the I Patriots. Mean, I mean, <laughs> well, that's I mean, the the, the difference John, that that that, John, that Tampa the Tampa Bay Raiders game is because John Gruden <laughs> knew every single play well, that the Raiders I mean, were going to call. Like, <laughs> but it it was the he was a coach of Callahan. But it's the ineptitude of Callahan. Why wouldn't you? change Yeah, they should have changed. Play? They should have changed it up. Yeah, they should have changed it up. I mean, so so John Lynch, the safety for the Buccaneers that time, he was um, he was interviewing because he just got enshrined in the Hall of Fame. And he talked about he talked about that game in one of these interviews. I, I forget what show it was. I think it was the Dan Patrick show I was listening to. And he went over and Mike Tomlin was the defensive backs coach at that time. He goes over to Tomlin and be like, dude, they're running the same plays that we see in practice. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, Tim Brown has been on record saying that the cornerback covered him, told him exactly what play they're about to run while they're standing at the line of scrimmage <laughs> looking at each other. Yeah, that's, that's so bad, dude. Like, I don't understand like, why he... Yeah. Why did Bill Callahan not feel it necessary to change the playbook a little bit? Yeah. Okay, this, this actually leads into, this leads into another thing I wanted to talk about. And I, I don't know if we talked about this before. Maybe we have. But... The Dodgers-Astros World Series, when the Astros were, you know, quote-unquote, stealing signs, right? Okay. Watching watching those games, like watching uh, Darvish pitch, yep. to me, it was so obvious that they knew what was coming. Mm. Right? If you're, if you're Dave Roberts, mm. don't you start, like, cha- don't you guys figure out, like, changing signs up? It was so obvious that they knew what was coming. So here's me, the thing about to, to me that was a manager thing. Uh, like how, how how the Astros did, how the Astros did it was egregious. There's yet no... at the same time, sign stealing happens all the time. It happens all the time. This all is, the time. This is the thing. Like from the time all you the start time. baseball, yeah. From the time you start baseball, when you're fucking ten years old, twelve years old, all the when time. you're on second base, you are taught to to to, to, to show. This, where the catcher is, like, you know, like that's why you all the time you hide that stuff. Like you, you have indicators, whatever. All the time, dude. All the I don't time. understand, but yeah, so, people. Like, I think people that don't know baseball, they're more angry at the Astros than a lot of people that do know about it. That's my opinion. I, I, I would probably tend to agree with you, but it's easy for people to pile on because we're definitely in the non-accountable world, right? Like, I lost because you cheat. Uh, yeah, I guess, but I don't know. To think that they were the only team cheating is ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous, um, yeah. That's a ridiculous thing. And it is egregious how they did it, but it's hilarious at the same time. Because when you watch <laughs> the when you when you watch the replays of the game, you hear the trash cans. Like it's freaking awesome. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. You're like, oh shit. That's awesome. Like, it's like it's like it's they genius. had a guy at second base all the time. It's it's yeah. It's genius it's, though. It's genius it is. that it's so ridiculous that no one would think it's a thing. It's genius. Yeah. But you can't you can't tell me that watching Dar look look Darvish has great stuff. I don't care what anybody says. But he has tails in his delivery. He maybe he does, maybe he does. I don't I don't know. I haven't I don't watch him that closely. But the way that they were swinging at his pitches, there's no way they did not know what was coming. Oh, they, they were going for, they were like, going for it. There's they no were doubt. Crushed, they, they yeah. Were going, they, like, I mean, he had a horrible series. I rem- I remember I remember like uh, Did they chase him by like the third inning one of the games? Or not yeah, even like, like, like second maybe inning. Maybe second Super inning, third inning, whatever. Yeah, it was second inning. But it, but it was like everything he was throwing. They were on time like, with every They were all yeah, every like, They were on time. There's and there's no like if you play baseball, there's no way that that happens. There's just no way. Like yeah. if you knew okay, like if you play baseball nope. and you know what pitch is coming, that's such a huge advantage. It's, it's such a huge advantage. Not only do you know what pitch is coming, you know the location. You don't even need the location. As long as you know the pitch is coming, that's half the battle, dude. But that's like, if thing. I know you a fastball. If I know a fastball is coming, if I knew every time when I played a fastball is coming, that makes the game so much easier. Dude. The problem is you don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really would like baseball, and I, you Dodgers fans included, just get over it, man. Like. You won a World Series already. Just get over it. Yeah. Just get just get past it and focus on this year because if you don't win this year, shameful. Shameful. Look at that lineup. Man, they're, look their at lineup what they did is so... Look what they did. The lineup is so stacked. And if the no-name Giants win the division over you... Not going to happen. I mean, I'm, look, I'm a Giants man, fan. That's not going to happen. I don't know. Look at, look at the trends right now. The Giants, they just playing that kind of ball. They just playing no-name... No name baseball, <laughs> that's, ball, man. That's that's their that's their mo, dude. That's that, that's how they've always done it. I that's love how it. they've done it. Yeah, I love it. And then except for two thousand two, when they had Bonds and Kent and yeah, but they didn't win. They were they were one Rob Nen fastball away. They didn't win. Maybe not one Rob Nen fastball, but they didn't win. Look, fucking uh, Spe- Spezio. <laughs> hate that guy. Spezio, dude. That that just. I hate I hate that series, dude. They should have won. They should have won. No, you know what, Barry Bonds? You think you think Barry Bonds should have won? Yes. Why? Dude, he was he was crushing it that series. He's not a cheater. Oh, shut up! His hat size just grew like a couple sizes, like whatever. Yeah, it just went up. That happens. Freaking inches. Naturally, dude. It's not like that guy was in the Hall of Fame before he started doing it. Look, I, I feel like I feel like his hat size went to like eight and a half. That that Maybe. noggin was that, that noggin dude. was huge. <laughs> yeah, but that dude. It might have been a six, good, seven, six and seven eighths hat size before steroids. That and guy an eight and a half after. That guy is he might be the greatest hitter of all time, dude. One hundred percent. He just tainted his. He tainted his legacy. I. I disagree. I, if you don't think well, people he sh- like, he if you don't be, think he should, a lot of people were doing were doing roids at the time, like you're like, denying like what happened in baseball. 
I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he was a Hall of Famer before he did it. And he's not a Hall of Famer now. He's still a Hall of Famer, dude. He's just not, did he get he's in? Just not in there. Did he get in? Not yet. He's not in. They have to bring him in, dude. I don't know. Pete Rose ain't never getting in. Well, that's different. Yeah, but, but he should be. I, okay, I, I, I'm telling you, like my opinion, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame too. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. Not until he's dead. Gonna, just never going to happen. Not until he's dead, dude. I bet. Be- if betting after he's dead, own, betting on your own game is as a manager. That's pretty messed up. But not if you're betting to win. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's pretty messed up. He. I, look, big, look, and then I think and of I think. It, it brings the question: How much did he bet when he was a player? Which you can't say he didn't. No, he did because he was a player manager. No, but before that, end. even even before, yeah, maybe he did. No, yeah. I would, I would argue that he has less influence as a player than he does as a player manager. Oh, for sure. I mean, lineup changes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, supposedly it was only to make he only bet on his team to win. Supposedly, so we'll see. That's what he said. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know either. Who's the who's the one steroid person that got inducted in the Hall of Fame yet? Have we had one yet? I'm sure. Did Pudge get in? Have we had an obvious steroid person yet? Did Pudge get in? I don't know. Did he? I think he did, right? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see who. I don't even remember like who's who's gotten in recently. Like, I mean, because you look at all those guys, right? I mean, they're monsters. Guys like Juan Gonzalez and all these guys. Their numbers were insane. Yeah. You know, they, they should be Hall of Famers, but, of course, the assumptions. Like, Joey... Do you think Joey Bats gets in? No. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, those were some incredible years, right? Hard to argue okay. they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't enhanced. <laughs> Hard to argue you, they weren't enhanced. <laughs> do you think that Palmera gets in? No. I don't think so either. He's, and he, he has great he numbers. Won- He's done it over a long period of time. Yeah. But I don't think he, he and Bonds him. are in a similar spot. They were both Hall of Famers before they freaking went there. I don't I see. I, I think I, I feel look at like Paul no, I, look at Paul Merrill. No, I know. His, I know his numbers are great. I know. I know his numbers are great. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he did before it for. He did it for. A, he did it for a long time. Yep. But it becomes a thing he's... about the relation. But it becomes a relationship with the media thing, and that's the problem with guys like Paul Merrill and Bonds. Terrible relationship with the media. Terrible. Yeah, but that's. Terrible. That's Bonds' fault. That's Bonds' fault, though. But both of them, they have terrible relationships with media, and yeah. that's always going to preclude you from getting to the, getting in. But Look see, that that, sh- that, sh- that shouldn't though. Yeah, but they're it the should ones be about like, right? Yeah, I mean that's yeah so, that's true. But I know, mean, Art I Monk took forever to get into the Hall of Fame. He was the leading pass catcher in the NFL, and it took him forever to get in because he had a terrible th- relationship with the media. Yeah, but I, I think Bonds eventually will get in. I think Clemens will get in eventually. Palmero, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they relent and let all those people in. Yep. I don't know. That's a long list of people. That's why. This is a long list, dude. It's, it's like basically all of, of all of the nineties. Right. Right. It's and a early long 2000s. list of people. <laughs> I mean, Frank Thomas. Are we that sure he didn't? I don't think we're that sure, dude. But uh, I mean, he got in. He's in. Yeah. But he's never been. But he's never been caught. The thing, my thing, the line is if you got caught, except for Bonds, because Bonds, the kicker for Bonds is the media hates him. Yeah. But yeah, Hall, Hall of Fame, too. Like, who do you know in that era that didn't do roids? 
Honestly, I think majority of people that that were in the era. Okay, so Pujols. Where do you put Pujols? Man, that's that one's tough. tough. Likeable guy. That one's really tough. Likeable guy, real likable. You know, he's still he's and still he, and his, he's still producing. And too. his decline is like how decline should look like. His decline, the way do we look at his stats? The way it really declined, that yeah. feels like a real natural decline. So uh, the example I'll He's, give is Ken, Griff- is Ken Griffey Jr. I th- you know honestly to me the person that uh, Pujols matches up with the closest is Frank Thomas. True. Both big dudes, and their both. declines were and their declines were really marked, but it it, it yeah, looked like, like a slugger. He, it looked like a slugger going down. Yeah, you know? even in, in even his later years, Frank Thomas had one good year where he had a renaissance, right? Like Pujols, right. kind of the same. But everybody does that. Everybody has one little dead cat bounce. Yeah. And then they suck after that. Yeah. But that, but that's why. I, I, you know, one guy that, and I could be wrong, but one guy I don't think ever did is Griffey, the kid. I don't think he ever did. I think, yeah, he, just, um, his, I think he was who he was, and he was a ball player, and that's that. Yeah. Although he and did we have might some be pretty, biased because we were in college years, at the time he was like, playing, but, you know. <laughs> he did and, have some pretty and, amazing years in Seattle, though. It was magical. But. It was magical. I mean, that was a great time to be in Seattle, actually. It was. Between the Sonics doing what they were doing at the time. And the Sonics. The Lakers being good at the time, so they come up and play. You know, Jordan yep. coming to town. Like, it, it was a good time. It was a good time to be around Seattle sports. Yep. Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey, A-Rod. The Kingdom. Edgar Martinez. Watching yeah, the Kingdom, the kingdom like, go down and having the stadium come up. C-Link coming up. Those are the, the days, man. Really was. And even the year before, the Sonics played in Tacoma Dome, man. The T-Dome. That was right before, right before 95. Yeah, right before we got there, basically. Right, right before we got there, yeah. Yeah, basically. So, Man, I want, I want to get out there, dude. We should go, we should go out there. We still got to do that. I, fucking COVID, man. Dude, we'll, we'll we'll stop by the track house. We can get a tour of campus, dude. I, I can get that set up. Who's running that shit? Which the tour the tour of campus? Who's running that stuff? I don't know. I have a t- I have a contact with alumni, so okay. I, plus, I donate money and stuff. Like, look at you donating money, yeah, man. You know, like I haven't donated crap to that school. That's all right. I'm donating for you too. I'll give them. I'll give them one true fi one day. I'm, I'm, donating, I'm donating. I'm donating for for a few people. Oh, whatever, dude. It was good. No, it was, man. It was good. It's good times. It's good fun, man. Wish we could go back. Okay. Well, Royce, anything you want to add while, uh, before we kind of wrap up this show? All I want to say is maybe don't buy NFTs right now because I think it's. <laughs> I, I think we're in a bubble a little bit, but. I don't know. There's a lot of people that are making money off it right now. So With NFTs? Yes. So if NFTs are a bubble, do you think Ethereum is in a bubble? No. Definitely do not. A lot of utility on, on Ethereum. NFT art feels like a bubble to me, but it could be because I'm not understanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Hey, as it stands right now, Ethereum's at 32.2950. Oh, I love it. It's moving. Looks like it's got a little juice. Everyone make your own decisions. Remember that everything we say here is not financial advice. This is just our opinions. Um, 
enjoy the NFL preseason and Major League Baseball as it starts to wind down in this last month and a half. I will be enjoying it. All right, Matt. All right, well, man. with that, let's sign off, Royce. One last word for everybody, Roycey. Put on a shirt. And that'll wrap up the shirtless edition of the Voices for Boggin Podcast. We will see you I never next see, time. I never want to see you, you without a listening. shirt again. <laughs> and what Royce is alluding to is, yeah, shirtless this whole time. Amazing. <laughs> Take Not care, amazing, everybody. Yes. <laughs> well, you don't like my third nipple? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, no. All right, everybody. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.